Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Saleo Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. Whether you're in your garden or hiking through the woods, we have you covered. Call now with your outdoor questions. In Appleton, call 281-1150 or outside the valley, 866-887-1150. From the Myron Construction Studio of WHBY, it's Outdoors with Rob Zimmer. And welcome to Outdoors. Call your comments or questions for Rob. You can call in at 281-1150 or 1-866-887-1150 if you're outside the Appleton area. I'm Zach Morris, and now time to introduce our host, and that is Rob Zimmer. How's it going, Rob? Awesome. It's rainy out there, though. Yeah, hey, finally. <laughs> hey, can't really tell yeah. you. It's a little dark outside. Yeah. But, uh, it's raining pretty hard on my way here. Tomorrow, the big day. Yep. Tomorrow is the big day. Yep. <laughs> no. So it'll be light right now, tomorrow. <laughs> At this time. But it'll be really dark early on. But, hey, if you like yeah. going outside in you know, nature, it's very interesting when you go out. We'll, we'll talk about that. I went to Hecrot last week. Good. I'm glad you dark. went. And I'll tell yeah. you why we went out there in just a bit. But Excellent. Well, Rob, we went, I'm sure Joey asked you yesterday, but I'll ask you again as we always start off our show on what have you been up to this week? I've been up to a lot this week. It was a fun week. Lots of stuff to do outside. November is one of my favorite months to be outside, like I talked about yesterday on the show. Um, there's so many things to see in November. A lot of people are starting to, you know, uh, nest in November. They stay inside or they go shopping and stuff like that. But November is one of my favorite times to be outside because there's so much to see. And it's not quite winter yet. It's not quite fall anymore. It's just kind of in the middle. So much beauty out there, though. So I did a lot of traveling that I'll talk about throughout the show. Went on a lot of little uh, day trips. Went to see the Sandhill Cranes come in at Navarino at night one night. That was beautiful. We could hear owls there, too, as the, the cranes were coming in. So that was pretty cool. But... Lots of things to talk about this week. Lots of birds out there. Um, lots of fun birds. Lots of beautiful trees and stuff. The oaks and the tamaracks are peaking. Um, great time to do lots of stuff out in the garden. Great time to get into feeding birds. If you've never done that before, we can help you do that. So, And let us know what you're seeing at your bird feeders. I've seen a lot of unusual birds this week. So if you're seeing unusual birds um, out in the yard, out in your bird feeders, let us know too. Um, haven't seen any tundra swans yet. They're still on the way, but uh, they'll be coming any day now. So. Yeah, I think we're getting closer to the certain birds or ducks that we see yeah. during winter. During the winter, yeah. They should be coming pretty soon. Yeah. As you are mentioning gardening, and still time to go work on your garden. I think it was last week where we had the big freeze, yep. and my parents have a lot of elephant ears. And oh, after that, it time was, to dig them up. Oh, was it Friday? It was fine. And then it was Saturday or Sunday yep. where it just got really cold and they all just drooped. Yep, I think it was Saturday night that got cold. It yeah. was like, oh, it finally, finally went down. <laughs> <laughs> finally hit him. But a lot of stuff didn't get hit. I've seen, still seen a lot, of, a lot of things still in bloom. In fact, I posted on my Facebook page last night, and all sorts of people are responding that they have lots of stuff still blooming in their garden, too. Even though it did freeze, there's some flowers out there that are pretty tough. So we can talk about those, too. Yeah, I mean, the time to bring your plants in and certain seeds, you got to bring them back inside. Uh, yeah, depending what you have. Yep. Like the regular elephant years and time to figure out can they develop into more than just one seed can you get a vitamin yeah. and I, I mean elephant ears are very interesting where my dad started with one 
plant. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's a whole bunch of them he has to bring in yeah. every year. Remember yeah. where you plant them around the house? Yeah, you dig them up. Yeah, <laughs> remember where they are. You dig them up, and they, they expand. They multiply. Sometimes you get two, three times as many bulbs underneath the ground or, or corms as you have when you planted it. So. Especially if you're a young gardener, it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see that I can actually happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, that's another thing I posted this week on my Facebook page. I had a, an example of a, a gladiola um, bulb that was planted. It was planted really late, like in September, and I dug it up last week, and it literally, uh, you can still see the original bulb that I planted, and then on top of it, there's two huge ones that are, you know, as big as probably a tennis ball on top of it. And then wow. dozens of little baby ones, you know, like um, marble-sized all around it. So in just a couple of weeks, that plant made all of those new new plants technically because now you can plant each one of those little bulblets and, and make more. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So check out my Facebook page at Rob Zimmer Outdoors for the pictures. Yeah, we know uh, birds are going to be the main topic of this overall show. I mean, it's just amazing where, as you mentioned, fall hits. We're getting closer to winter. And you can go to Nature Center right now because a lot of the trees, yeah. the leaves are gone. Yep. So the birds really can't hide right now. I no. Mean, they're in plain sight. <laughs> yep. It's a great time to get out there and do some bird watching. Like like you just said, the leaves are pretty much gone in a lot of places. So you can see a lot of birds up in the trees. The late migrants are just starting to move through. Some of the earlier ones are, are gone or, or leaving. You know, the Orioles are pretty much gone. Indigo bunting's gone. The catbirds are pretty much gone. But there's still robins. There's still a few warblers out there. Uh, there's still lots of birds moving through cedar waxwings. Uh, I even saw an eastern Phoebe this week, which seemed pretty late, but we saw an eastern Phoebe. Um, the sparrows are moving in, white-crowned sparrows, white-throated sparrows, fox sparrows. I heard a lot of fox sparrows the other day uh, singing away just like it was spring. Um, some of the hermit thrushes and a lot of the waterfowl and birds of prey are moving through right now too. So great time to get out there and look around. And like you said, it's a great time to see them because there's no leaves on the trees. So things like the woodpeckers and brown creepers, which are these really cool little tiny brown birds that kind of creep up the trees um, and nuthatches and things like that. You can actually see them now that the leaves are off the trees. Now you go out a lot and you see a lot of these birds, but around this time, is there a certain bird that you see a little bit more now? Right now, um, the, the heavy migrants right now are the sandhill cranes, obviously. Sandhill cranes are really heavy, um, and they'll stay until it, we get a really good freeze. I mean, yeah, it froze the other night, but the marshes didn't freeze. The water's still too warm. Um, sandhill cranes, Canada geese, obviously, there's tens of thousands of Canada geese just right here in the Fox Cities. Over at Thrivent, there's a huge congregation there. Every uh, they, they roost there every year. Um, over in Darboy, there's lots of Canada geese over there, too. So they're in the area. A lot of the ducks are moving in on Lake Winnebago, so the big flocks of diving ducks are, are starting to come, like the, the scop and the canvas backs and things like that. Um, the American tree sparrows are pretty common. They're just moving in. Purple finches, like I said, fox sparrows, uh, things like that. And the swans should still be coming. Um, even though the migration here in the fall isn't as, as spectacular as, as it is in the spring, you still see quite a few along Lake Michigan, or Lake Michigan, Lake Winnebago and Green Bay and things like that. So and down at Horicon and Goose Pond Sanctuary. So, yeah, lots of red-tailed hawks moving in. The bald eagles are moving in along the Fox River. You're seeing more and more bald eagles all along the river from Nina to Kakana. I saw a picture from Thousand Islands yesterday, in fact, where they had several bald eagles sitting in a tree uh, there at Thousand Islands. So the, the bald eagles have begun to, to gather. The ones from way up north, at least, are moving down um, to join along the river where they fish all winter long. So lots of birds moving in. It's constantly changing, which is the neat thing. A lot of people don't realize that 
you know, every day things are moving. The, the, the nature, the cycle of nature is just constantly flowing. And, you know, sometimes people just think, oh, they're just here. And, you know, they've, they've been here a while. They're just building. Well, I'm sure you can attest to, you can go one nature place one day. You can go at the yeah. same place the next day. You can see totally, totally different. different animals and yep, birds. Exactly. It all depends on who's there and what's moving around and, and the weather. So, yeah. 281-1150 is the phone number. And now we have Jan on the line. Good morning, Jan. Hi, Jan. I wonder if you can tell me when the pelicans, the white pelicans, will move out. Because on our little blackbird still there? island, <laughs> they're still in great numbers. Yes. And I, I was surprised. I thought they would have moved out. Yeah, a lot of them have. I mean, us- a lot of times in usually mid-October, the big numbers leave. But we'll have some pelicans that stay all winter. Down by um, in, by the Nina Dam, the Menasha Dam there, mm-hmm. um, Jefferson Park, there's some that stay all winter. Up in De Pere, there's some that stay all winter. The mouth of Green Bay, Fond du Lac at the, at the mouth of the river there. So there's usually a few that brave it out, but until it really gets cold and, and starts to ice up, I would say within a week or so, those they'll probably be gone. I mean, looking at the weather, it's supposed to be like the low 20s next week. So okay. they'll start moving, but some will stay. I've seen them in downtown Appleton all year long. Yeah, so more and more uh, stay up here as long as they possibly can. But Well, I had one more question. When we've seen in the past, not recently, but uh, maybe, um, you know, a month ago or so, the thousands of cormorants flying. Yes. Where do they go? Because I don't see that number at the dams and things like that. Where are they going? You mean at each night or, or for migration? Well, when we see them, you know, at dawn, this huge number. Oh, yeah. through. Where are they going to? Because I don't see this huge number yep. north of here after they've passed. Yep. They're probably, a lot of times, they're just out on the water, and they ride so low you don't even see them. I mean, I, you, if you're out there in a boat, though, and, and you approach one of those flocks, you know, because sometimes they float with just their heads sticking above the water, right. so you barely right. see them. So they could just be out on the open water um, fishing out oh. there. So they fish in huge flocks way out in the water, and because they're so dark and because just their necks stick up, right. you can r- barely see them. Um, I've seen I've seen cases where, you know, I'm driving on, not driving, but um, boating on, on Lake Butamore, and we drive up, you know, you think you're j- on clear blue water, and all of a sudden you hit this big, huge flock of cormorants in the water, and they just explode out of nowhere. You didn't even see them there because um, they were down fishing or just their heads were sticking up. So chances are they're on the water fishing. Um, at sunset, though, they go to some of the islands, and they kind of roost there at night. So they kind of okay. climb out of the water, roost on. Uh, there's a huge roost, in fact, right in downtown Appleton by, oh. by Fratello's, right, right. underneath um, the Oneida Street Bridge right. on one of the islands there. There were just hundreds and hundreds there just, just this week I saw them. Oh, so, boy. Well, yeah. we still have them also on Little Blackbird yeah. Island. Yep, until it freezes, they'll stick around, too, because they're still catching. I guess there's a big um, shad uh, die-off or something like that this year, and they've been eating a lot of that. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so they're, uh, they're, they're getting a lot of food. So, okay, well, thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank you. Have a good weekend, Jan. You too. Bye. Bye. Kind of sounds like the pelicans are just a little bit stubborn. Like, we need yep. to leave, but we're going to hang out long as we can. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, pelicans, they're, traditionally, they are um, pretty late to leave, and they're, they're actually one of the first to arrive in the spring, too. So they're, they're pretty hardy birds. They don't need to go somewhere warm. You know, they're here sometimes before the lake um, thaws out in the spring. Usually right the day the ice is gone, the pelicans are back. So they're watching. You know, they, they're up there patrolling, or they can see when the ice is out. And they move in sometimes in late March, and they're here until November. So generally, the general rule is the birds that arrive the earliest stay the longest, and the birds mm-hmm. that arrive the latest stay 
stay the shortest. Um, and that's a very interesting way to look at it. Like some of the birds that are here, you know, in February, March, like the sandhill cranes and the trumpeter, um, the tundra swans and the Canada geese, you know, they're the, and the red winged blackbirds, you know, they're the first to arrive in sometimes February and they're here until, you know, November, December. So, and then you get your birds that come in May, like the hummingbirds and the Orioles and th- and things like that. And they're the first ones to leave in August and September. So generally, the earlier they arrive, the earlier they arrive in the spring, the later they stay. And generally, the, the later they arrive in spring, the faster they move out. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. All right. You can call in and ask any questions for Rob or just comments of what you've seen all in your nature walks. Or yeah, you at your bird feeder. All kinds of stuff right now. I'll tell you what I saw this week, and you're going to be jealous. We'll find out after the break. <laughs> all right. All right, 2A1-1150. We'll be back with more of Outdoors with Rob Zimmer on WHBY. Welcome back to Outdoors with Rob Zimmer. I'm Zach Morris. Now, Rob, what did you see over here? I saw a snowy owl. So, pretty cool. Pretty neat to see my, my, myself and, and Cindy Miller. We took a road trip the other day. We went east. We went through, usually we go north or we go west, but this time we went east. We went through Collins Marsh. We went over to Point Beach State Forest, did some exploring there. I talked about that yesterday on the show. If you were listening, you probably heard I was talking about the incredible erosion that took place at Point Beach. I mean, we're six to eight feet, like vertical feet of, of the shoreline is just gone, eaten away by the big waves that we had uh, two weeks ago. But as we were traveling there, we saw a snowy owl, so that was pretty cool. So well, Those are pretty cool to see. Yeah, especially, the, I mean, they usually arrive in November. I actually saw one a couple of weeks ago, if, if you remember me saying that on the show a while ago, but this one was right out in the open where everyone could see it. So hopefully some other people got to see it. Um, Pretty cool birds, though. They're they're amazing. They're starting to come back. I noticed there's several reports from around the state this week. Down by Milwaukee, someone has a snowy owl, or a lot of people have seen the snowy owl there, uh, right on the break wall, right in downtown Milwaukee, so right along the, the waterfront there. I'm in a couple more out in northwest Wisconsin. Uh, generally, the first ones do move in, you know, late October, early November. So they are back, and hopefully we'll get a, a big influx this winter. So lots of cool stuff, though, out there. We saw we saw lots of cranes, lots of geese. Um, I did go, like I said, I went with my friend Michael to uh, Navarino the other night to watch the Sandhill cranes come in, and there were just thousands, probably two or 3,000 there that came in uh, that night while we were there. Even though the weather was uh, pretty windy and cold, it was pretty cool to see the cranes come in against the sunset. Um, lots of birds out there, though, like we talked about. A lot of the, the sparrows are moving in. The juncos, obviously, are back, things like that. So great awesome. time to be out and about. Uh, and we'll talk about that again on my top 10 list. I'll talk about some of the, the beautiful nature things, na- natural events you can see during November. And we're going to get to the top 10 list soon, but you have a couple of events coming up. Yeah, I want to talk about some events that are going on uh, this weekend and next weekend. Um, lots of stuff going on. A lot of it, like I talked about yesterday, a lot of it is family-oriented, which I like. I really like it when that these uh, places are doing family-oriented events to get the whole family out there into the into the wild, as I like to say. Uh, Navarino Nature Center tonight, they're doing their candlelit hike. So candlelight hike at Navarino Nature Center. You can go through, um, explore the trails at night. It's really cool. They have these torches all set up along the trail, and you can go through and explore the, the, the woods at night, which is really fun to do. And then next weekend on the 11th, is their annual Fall Art Fest. So if you've ever been to that, it's a great event. Uh, Lots of different vendors there, all sorts of nature exhibits, handcrafted um, art and crafts and things like that. Food, drink, bake sale, yummy. I love brownies. I love chocolate chip cookies. All sorts of fun stuff like that at Navarino Nature Center next weekend. Also next weekend, uh, it's Wisconsin 
Critter Discovery Day. Sorry, that's the weekend after. That's the 18th. Um, Wisconsin Critter Discovery Day is November 18th at Heckrod Wetland Reserve. So you can learn all about whitetails and bald eagles and things like that. They have some some stations uh, set up to teach you about those animals. You can find out what what sounds deer make, things like that. You can go on a hike and find their replica bald eagle nest and look for the deer out there. So lots of fun stuff at Heckrod Wetland Reserve on November 18th. Um, also coming up, on the 11th at Mosquito Hill Nature Center, that's next Saturday too, from 1 to 2.30 p.m., another family event, uh, Leave No Family Inside, The Basics of Astronomy. So they're going to be having an astronomy program um, at Mosquito Hill Nature Center next weekend um, where you can learn all about astronomy. And speaking of astronomy, also next weekend at Woodland Dunes Nature Center over in Two Rivers, they're doing their fall star party. So that's at night. So you can learn about astronomy during the afternoon at Mosquito Hill and then drive over to Two Rivers and check out the star party at Woodland Dunes. That's from 6.30 to 8.30. So you can, uh, they have the working telescope and everything there. Um, bring your binoculars, bring your, your lawn chair and sit down and watch watch the skies, watch the moon, watch other all the other amazing things that are going on there. This week, uh, coming up on the 7th, uh, Family Nature Nights at the Green Bay Botanical Garden. They're doing their Garden After Dark hike. So it's interesting to walk through the Green Bay Botanical Garden at night and find out what happens in the garden after the sun goes down. So check that out too. So lots of cool stuff going on, lots of family-oriented stuff going on. So get out there, make some plans to do some of these things. Like I said, November is one of my favorite times to be outside, and this is a great opportunity to uh, explore our area and visit all these different places. If you haven't been to these places before, check them out. 281-1150 is the number. Let's head back to the phone lines. We have Don on the line. Good morning, Don. Well, good morning, uh, Rob. Zach, good morning. How are you doing this morning? Good. good. How are you? I'm well. Excellent. Hey, uh, Rob, uh, we have a place in northern Wisconsin, mountain area. And uh, we Lucky. have a moon hanging around <laughs> on the lake as of, uh, well, even uh, last week. I know the weather's been soft, but isn't that a little late for that guy to be hanging around? Um, not necessarily. It depends what what type of loon it is. I mean, sometimes this time of year they're hard to tell apart, but a lot of the Arctic loons are actually just moving in, and we'll see them on, on some of the bigger lakes and Lake Michigan, things like that, even Lake Winnebago. Um, but even the common loons, some of them do stay around pretty late, especially if it's a, a you know a bachelor bird or a younger bird. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I know they're, they're still seeing them down in Madison on the lakes in Madison, too, so... Oh, all right. Yeah. Another another question, Rob. You yep. got a minute? Sure. Northern three-toed woodpecker. Yes. What's their range? And uh, we've got the red bellies and the downies and the hairies and the pileated and all this and that, but we got kind of an unusual looking woodpecker there. Would he be around Mountain Wisconsin in uh, that area? He definitely could be. In fact, I was just talking about that this week with uh, someone else. They're saying that there's been a big movement of uh, the three-toed and the black-backed or black, yeah, black-backed woodpeckers into northwest Wisconsin especially. So uh, it's it's definitely possible. If you can get a picture, that would be great. Okay. Uh, well, we, you... we do take photos out, out uh, you know, try and get a lot of photos. Is there, uh, can you give me a uh, uh, telltale distinguishing mark on that on that three-toed woodpecker that would give us a signal that yeah that's it. Uh, generally, it it's looks just like that downy once in a while, you know, or yeah, hairy. yeah. Um, generally, it's the coloration, the the pattern. Um, if, it depending on the sex of the bird, they'll have instead of the red patch on the head, they'll have like a gold or lime green patch on the head. Ah, so oh, that's that's oh. one. But if it's a young one, you know, it could look just like. 
just look like, like anything else. Kind of like a chickadee. It's got more black on the face with just a stripe. But if you see the lime green patch, then you have an adult bird, either, either male or female, or even some of the juveniles will have that. But the lime green patch, you know, it's totally unlike any of the other ones. You know, all the other ones have a red patch, but this will be lime green or even gold. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and the other one that, that's been moving in is the black-backed woodpecker, which is fairly similar. It's another dark dark woodpecker, but both of them, they've been saying, um, um, and actually they're the same thing. A lot of people call them the same thing. So Okay, all uh, right. Is that is that a fairly common bird? Uh, uh, not really, especially not around here. You see them a lot way up in northwest Wisconsin. Sometimes the, their range, their actual range range, um, is technically the northern half of Wisconsin, but it's very uncommon. It's a boreal bird. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. But check for the, the lime green patch and varying amounts of black and, and white. All otherwise. right. We'll be looking for that then, Rob. Thanks for yes, that information. You're welcome. Uh, yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Bye. Yep. Bye. Yep. One more call before we had the break. We All have right. Sally. Morning, Sally. Hi. Good morning, Sally. Good morning, Rob. This is Sally from Wapaka County. Oh, hi. How are you? Good, good. Uh, I was just going to talk about you guys, but now I'll let you oh. do it. Okay, great. <laughs> I just told um, Zach I'm going to talk wanted, about... Oh, go ahead. I just wanted to give a shout-out that you, uh, Rob, are going to be speaking at our Master Gardener meeting on Thursday night. That's November 9th. Um, yes, I am. And you're going to be talking about monarchs in Wisconsin. I thought it would be a really interesting program to let people know if they want to come this program's free and open to the public. Yes, yeah, so that's 7.30? That's seven? actually going to be around, um, well, if they show up at 7 o'clock, you okay. know, we'll probably get you on around 7.15 okay. uh, at the Wapaka County Courthouse, uh, the lower level meeting room, and that is on Thursday night, November 9th, around 7 o'clock if you show up. I yeah. think it's going to be a great program, and uh you're one of our favorite speakers that we have come Aww, to our Master thank you. group. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. I love you guys. Yep. Well, we love you too, Rob. So yeah. we hope to see, we hope to see you. Uh, well, I know I'll see you. So <laughs> yeah. And it, like I said, come and listen to Rob on Thursday night. We're going to talk about uh, monarch butterflies and yeah. uh, how they're doing in Wisconsin. And so. it's worth worth the drive for the show. I'm going to do a, a really cool presentation on monarchs in Wisconsin, kind of a summary of the monarch year. You know, the last couple of years have been kind of up and down for monarchs, so I'm going to be talking about uh, this year specifically and what people can do to bring monarchs to their garden, uh, the migration, how it's going. Uh, we'll talk about that the monarchs are just arriving now in Mexico, and they're, they're saying right now there's bigger numbers than they've seen in a while, so it's been a great year for monarchs. And I'm going to talk all about that um, there at awesome. the... Awesome. We're looking forward yeah. to it and hope to see you there. And, and I hope there's a bunch of people from uh, the community and all over. Everybody's yeah. welcome. And so. it's free, right? And it's free. Yep. So Thursday at 7 right. at the lower level, the Master Gardener Room in the lower level of the Wapaka County Courthouse. That is correct. So all thanks right. much. Thank Enjoy you. Enjoy your program. Thank you so much. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for the call. Excuse me. Thanks for the call, Sally. We'll be back with the top ten list after the break. We'll be back with more of outdoors with Rob Zimmer on WHBY.
You are listening to Outdoors with Rob Zimmer from the Meyer Construction Studio of WHBY, 281-1150. And Rob, you want to go back to Don's call? Yeah, I want to go back to Don on the woodpeckers there because uh, I was doing a little bit of research there during the break. Um, some, some, It depends on who you talk to. Some people classify the black-backed woodpecker and the three-toed woodpecker as the same species, but technically they are two distinct separate species. So, uh, And both of them can be found here in Wisconsin, um, especially this year. So double-check those woodpeckers out there, especially when you see a dark one. Look for that lime green head, and you could have something unusual. So, And there are um, increasing numbers of them showing up in the state this, this fall so far. So... Um, check those out, especially in northern Wisconsin. So the black-backed woodpecker and the three-toed woodpecker, the American three-toed woodpecker, technically they are two separate species, but they're very similar. Yeah. So um, other than that, you said you went to Hecra the other night. Yes. My dad heard you and Joey talking about owls, how they've been Aww. hooting a lot more. They're hooters. Night. The hooters are hooting. So we went out to Hecra last Saturday night after dark. Awesome. They closed at 8, so you can get yep. time between 6 and 8 and – Especially with the, the time change tomorrow, yeah. you'll be able to get an extra hour of right. how the animals are in dark. And yeah. so we went there late at night, and it was just very interesting. A lot of deer. I mean, deer were yeah. wandering around the trail, so we got real close to them. They didn't run, just yeah. were looking for food and whatever. And then we heard the owls. Oh, great. You hear them hooting all over throughout Heck Rats. Isn't so that, that was, amazing? It was amazing, yeah. Yep. It is, and that's as I said. Usually, they start about Halloween and they go all through uh, December, especially December seems to peak for for great horned owls, at least. But barred owls right now are singing. Screech owls are singing right now. Uh, very cool that you got to go uh, listen to those there at Heckrod. And there's lots of places you can hear the owls. High Cliff is another great place to go walk through the woods, especially on the top of the woods there, uh, top of the hill at High Cliff. You can hear lots of different owls. Uh, Fallen Timbers is one of my favorite places to go listen to owls, though technically, you know, you got to watch those watch those hours. But generally, they start singing um, usually before sunset even. In fact, out at Mosquito Hill, the barred owls are usually singing out there at, you know, late afternoon, so you can hear them out there too. It's usually when the sun starts going down, you yep. can normally hear an yep. owl. The screech owls, the barred owls, great horned owls, yeah, they're all they're all hooting away right now. And then of course the heck rattle the leaves down, you can see yeah. all the squirrel nests. Yeah, the squirrel nests, yep, they're getting ready for, for winter. They're making their little leaf nest up in the trees. So pretty cool. Those are mostly gray squirrels, but there's some red squirrels too uh, in the pines out there. So no place to hide. No place to hide. <laughs> yeah. All right, so back <laughs> to the phone lines. We have Leon on the line. Good morning. Right. Morning. Hello. Hi. Are you there? What's your question? How do you keep woodpeckers from hooking holes in the wood in your house? Uh, there's lots of different things you can do if you visit. Are you, where are you from? Are you from Appleton area? Yes. Yeah. If you go to, are you familiar with Wild Bird and Backyard, the bird store over there on across from Woodman's? No, where is that? Uh, it's called Wild Bird and Backyard. It's right across from Woodman's on Blue Mound. Oh, okay. Um, actually, I don't think that's Blue Mound. I'm drawing a blank quick. But there's they have a lot of different products there that you can put up uh, to keep woodpeckers away from siding. A lot of times it's just things like, um, are, are they doing it all year or just at certain times of the year? Yeah, it's, uh, I had it repainted and he plugged it up and it's still, they keep going at it. Yeah, they have lots of different products that you can put on there. Um, it's on West Hill Boulevard, right across from Woodman's, Wild Bird and Backyard. But she'll help you out. Sue there will help you out with some products to, okay. to help keep the woodpeckers away. Um, there's also one in Nina called Go Wild, Go Wild with Birds, another burning store. But they have different, like, 
uh, ribbons and, and reflector okay. tape and products that will help keep the woodpeckers okay, away. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Bye. 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 Yeah. Yeah, that can be a problem with woodpeckers, especially in the spring um, when they're trying to make noise to, to tell other woodpeckers that they're in the area. Um, and sometimes, a lot of times, though, it's a sign that there's there's insect damage in there. So they're the symptom, not the problem. So sometimes it's a good idea to check. There could be you know a wasp nest in there or ants or bugs or something like that. Uh, so, but yeah. So, All right. So time to start the top 10 list. Yes. We're getting late in the show here. So All what right. is our top 10 list for this morning? What I'm going to do today is the same one I did yesterday if you were listening, but a lot of people that are different listen on Saturday. So we have a whole new group of listeners. So I'm going to do, uh, because it's an important one, my top 10 favorite things to see out, outdoors in November. So November nature wonders. So number 10 is the migration on Lake Winnebago, the diving ducks especially. On Lake Winnebago, all kinds of diving ducks. We'll see tens of thousands of canvasbacks and redheads and, and scop and things like that. Mergansers moving in over the next couple of weeks, right before the lakes freeze. Uh, when the rivers and lakes up north start to freeze, they move south onto Lake Winnebago, and you can get some huge, huge, uh, they call them rafts, like a raft that you float on. They call them rafts of ducks, and there's huge ones out there on the lake, especially um, around the Jefferson Park area. They move in up the river there. You can see them from High Cliff on the marina. You can see them from down on the southern end, especially around uh, the Fond du Lac area, Supples Marsh, things like that. Lots of diving ducks out there at Lake Winnebago, and it's really spectacular. And the thing is, most people don't even know that's going on. Unless you're a hunter, you know, a, a waterfowl hunter, you don't even know that that migration's happening because they're so far out. They're diving ducks that are like sea ducks that actually live out on the open water, and they dive for food onto the bottom. So really cool to see. Number nine is take a little Lake Michigan lighthouse tour. Go from Sheboygan to Manitowoc to Two Rivers to Kiwani and Algoma and up to Sturgeon Bay and up Door County and check out the lighthouses right now. The natural wonder of just Lake Winnebago alone, or Lake Winnebago, Lake Michigan alone is just spectacular. And you see all the beauty, you know, the sand dunes, all the unusual birds and wildlife, you know, the natural beauty of the shoreline. It's pretty cool. Plus, you get to see all the beautiful lighthouses. Uh, speaking of the Lake uh, Lake Michigan, uh, wave watching on, on Lake, Mich- Lake Michigan is one of my favorite things to do in November as well because, you know, you've heard the, the phrase the gales of November, and that really happens on Lake Winnebago, Lake Michigan. I keep getting the two lakes mixed up. Lake Michigan in November, you get these huge gales that come in from the east and southeast, and you get these monstrous waves that, you know, splash up against the shore, and they're just tremendous, and there's so many different places to watch the waves. If you read Appleton Monthly Magazine, I just did an article on that this, in this month's issue that just came out. So head on over there to places like Point Beach and Kohler Andre State Park, and any, again, any of the lighthouses, because the waves will splash up against those, and uh, they're just amazing. You can get 8, 10, 12-foot waves during November. Number seven, watching white-tailed deer. Go take a ride in the evening right after dark like we just talked about uh, around sunset. Go check out the deer out in the countryside you know, around Chiocton, northern Outagamie County, Winnebago County, Fremont, all those different areas, Collins Marsh area, brilliant area. And just look for, look for white, white tails out uh, in the fields and along the highway. And just drive carefully because they're going through their rut not right now, so they're pretty, um, pretty active. And number six, like you just talked about, take a night walk. Go out to Heckrod, go out to High Cliff, go out to one of the nature centers and take a hike at night and just listen to the sounds like you talked about hearing the owls and things like that. It's a great time to get out and just walk at night and just listen to all the things that are out there um, calling away at night. And number five, I'll do one more. Number five is the Sandhill Crane Migration. Uh, I talked about this week I went out there with my friend Michael to Navarino and watched thousands of cranes come in there at sunset. 
great time to see the sandhill cranes, all the different wetlands in the area, you know, Collins Marsh, Brilliant Marsh, Navarino, Horicon, all the different places where the sandhill cranes are really gathering right now, and you can see thousands at a time. So sandhill crane migration peaks in November, um, and they'll be leaving as soon as it really starts to freeze up. And we'll do 4321 after the next yeah, break. Yeah, before we take a break, we'll head back to the phone lines. Oh, we right. have Ron. Good morning, Ron. Hey. Morning, Ron. Hey. Uh, first time in 30-some years that I hunted geese. And I haven't seen a goose north of Double J in a week. I don't even know where they are. They couldn't have left that early. I don't know why they're out here. North? I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I'm just trying to think. I was up there. Um, no, I was up there I Tuesday, was all Wednesday. Over the north, so don't be asking. <laughs> I would never be us. No, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I saw quite a few at Navarino. Have you hunted the Navarino area? Oh, that's quite a ways away from here, but yeah, I saw it around Wee Road and S and Rock Road and East and West. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I've seen a lot around there. The ones that, you know, a lot of the geese that are in that area, they actually spend the night at places, you know, on they're, they're kind of transforming their habits where now they're staying overnight at some of the retention ponds and things like that, like at Thrivent and like in Darboy, things like that. So a lot of those geese, they're flying around in the morning. They go to whatever cornfields in the area are freshly plowed. So it could be that maybe some, I, I did notice just yesterday, in fact, uh, some of the cornfields right on JJ there by Appleton North, they were all freshly plowed and there, oh. were, there were geese in there. Yeah, but I'm talking... I'm talking hundreds. I'm not talking a few. Uh, you know, like that retention pond over by Quick Trip and uh, Starboard. Oh, yes. Yeah. There ain't any in there. It's, and that is so full of geese, it's unreal. I wonder it's, if they're doing something to scare them out because. Um, <laughs> Maybe I shot them all. Huh? <laughs> I don't know because I drove through Midway Road the other day and there were thousands right on Midway Road. Uh, so maybe they're going oh. south. I don't know. Between Midway Road and High Cliff, there's several huge flocks over that way. You drive from from Shyock into Appleton, and it'll be a miracle to see one goose or one flock, and they're always, they fly over my cabin. Yeah, where's your cabin? In Shyock, right in the River. Yeah, they're kind and of. Ch- there's a lot, and there's a lot of wood ducks around here yet too. And yes, that's unbelievable. Yeah, there's a lot of wood ducks. I was telling uh, on my show earlier this this summer, I was saying I saw more wood ducks this summer than I saw mallards. So there's lots of wood ducks, and they're still here, like you said, they're okay. still on the backwaters and stuff because we haven't had a good freeze yet. They're still in there. Yeah. So, but if you can find a, a flock of geese north of Double G, you call <laughs> me. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll be looking around. Like I said, I saw small numbers at Navarino. That's not really that far. Um, and all the cornfields are perfect for them now. Yes, they're just starting to plow them, so there's a lot oh. of waste grain out there. So I think there, I think there's an overabundance of places for them to go. So they, they split up and. Usually, uh, hunt until December. Yeah, these. yeah. Well, maybe I you got to. Yeah, maybe you got to go a little bit now. further south. But all that stuff south of Darboy, it's all private land, so it's hard to. Well, I don't care about most of that land. I can. Yeah. I can hunt a lot of that. I can hunt a lot of land around here. Do you? Okay. I just want to find them. Yeah. Know. Right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I had to call you. I had to call you. I I believe you too, because now as I think about it, you know, I've I've seen more down south. I saw a few at Navarino, like I said when I was there, but not huge numbers. Maybe you know fifty or a hundred, but not like thousands 
Uh, what would make them get out of here? No corn cut? No, I don't I don't think they're out of here. I think they're just changing they're changing their patterns. Instead of going to one place like they used to, like all the geese used to congregate in one place in the fall. Now because there's so many retention ponds, they're just spread out in smaller, smaller numbers all over the place. So I think they're still here, they're just in different places than they're used to than we're used to seeing them. Uh, yeah, they're right. They're right in town. Instead of being out in the country, they're yeah, they're in town. Yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> thanks, guy. Yep. All right. Thanks for calling, Ron. Leon. Yeah, and good luck. Uh, good yeah. luck. <laughs> oh, that yeah. was Ron. Yeah. Yeah, that was Ron. I got it right. All right. Well, he needs to take a break. We'll be back with the Wildlife Wonder of the Week and the rest of the top ten list on Outdoors with Rob Zimmer on WHBY. Welcome back to Outdoors with Rob Zimmer, 281-1150. And Rob, want to hit back on Ron's call? Yeah, I want to go, I want to go back to what Ron was saying because he actually brings up a, a pretty good point. He said he hasn't hunted geese in 30 years and he hasn't seen many this year. Well, it brings up a good point because in the last 30 years especially, I, I started to talk about it, the, but the migration patterns of geese have completely changed in the last you know couple decades, um, even to the point where this fall I noticed Horicon Marsh, Horicon National Wildlife Refuge, even put out a couple Facebook posts because so many people have been asking, where are the geese that used to be here? Because it used to be you know, back in the 70s, you'd go to Horicon and you would see just hundreds of thousands of geese, half a million geese right along the road there. Um, but um, kind of like if you build it, they will come. And the geese have gotten smarter, and they're building all these retention ponds and, and things like that around prisons and in cities and things like that. And a lot of the geese are actually going there. And you see that as you drive around Appleton right in these urban areas where they know they're safe. You have thousands of geese at, at all these different retention ponds. So um, geese aren't migrating like they used to. They stay longer. They go to smaller. They have smaller congregations in, different, in more areas instead of one big congregation. So that was pretty cool. Um, to see. I'm going to finish up the top 10 list really quick before we do the wildlife of the week since Zach's on the phone. <laughs> but number four in the top 10 November wonders of nature is to see the tamarack trees changing color. So lots of different places to see tamaracks in full full color in the area and that's my number four. Number three, the tundra swan migration. That should be coming through pretty soon. Like I said, not quite as spectacular as it is in the spring, but you can see large numbers of tundra swans in November into December along the west shore of Lake uh, Lake Winnebago and Green Bay and Horicon Marsh, Collins Marsh, places like that. Number two, uh, watching short-eared owls. Short-eared owls are a species we don't really talk about much but they're because they're kind of quiet. They don't make a lot of noise like some of the other owls do. Uh, but every fall, you see large numbers of them flying around uh, wetlands. They're kind of a marsh owl, and they hunt over the marshes at sunset. Over at Killsnake uh, Wildlife Area in Calumet County is a really popular place to go watch those, as well as Collins Marsh and Brilliant Marsh and places like that. And my number one uh, November natural wonder is to feed birds right in your own backyard. Use different a different variety of food foods and feeders, um, feeder styles to attract a large number of colorful birds right to your own backyard, and you can uh, learn to identify them and, um, and um, watch the wonderful things they do all winter long. So that's my top ten list for this week. And that is the Wildlife Wonder of the Week. Did you hear him? That's a blue jay, one of my favorite birds. If you've read any of my books, you know that bluebirds kind of have a very special meaning for me. Uh, they're beautiful birds. They're popular at bird feeders. Um, they're very smart. They make a lot of different noises. Hear all the different sounds they make. A lot of people are surprised when they hear certain birds out in the woods, and I tell them it's a blue jay. 
Um, they're also expert mimics. They can mimic the sounds of, of red-tailed hawks and other birds. Um, I've heard them mimic woodpeckers. I've heard them mimic um, hawks. Like I said, that's a weird sound she's making right there. Uh, and they're very smart birds. You can uh, feed them acorns, people, um, acorns, peanuts, things like that. Some people get them to feed right out of their hands. Uh, so it's pretty cool. And blue jays actually do migrate. Some of them do, especially the northern subspecies that's out there, um, especially on the Great Lakes area. But a lot about their migration is a mystery, which is kind of cool that there's still some mysteries like that out there. Um, so very cool. They're very intelligent like other members. Of their, they're in the crow family. So lots of birds in the crow family have been um, um, observed to use tools and all sorts of uh, different intelligent things. They have their own language, things like that. So, And blue jays are actually helpful to other birds because when they're out in the woods and they start screaming like that, um, other birds and other wildlife, they're actually alerted to danger. So blue jays actually save the lives of some animals. And their fondness for acorns, it says, is credited for uh, helping spread oak trees after the last glacier. So because blue jays are so fond of acorns, um, and they take them and they cache them or hide them, uh, that's what helped spread the oak trees after the last ice age. All right, so well, we have roughly a minute and a half left of the show. Oh Let's gosh. go to the phone lines quick. We have Carol on the line. Good morning, Carol. Hi, Carol. Good morning, Rob. Uh, it's Carol from Appleton. Hi. The other day I was driving the back roads in the Lakewood area when <clears throat> late in the afternoon, so the lighting wasn't really great, but I spotted a young buck had about four, th- three to four-inch spikes, fuzzy, and... But his coloring was almost black. He was very, very dark colored. Oh, nice. Yeah, would that be something just special to him, or do they tend to change colors at various times of the year a bit? They do change their colors, but usually in the winter they get lighter. They get a grayer color, so that might be an unusual animal. You know, you hear a lot about piebald um, deer and albino deer, but they can go the mm-hmm. opposite way, too, where you can get really dark animals. Yeah, so. he didn't stand around and wait for me to take a picture. Oh, yeah. I'd try to get a picture of him if you can get back up there. Yeah, that's it's a Yeah, it's a I animal. went back the next day and looked, but he was nowhere. Oh, well, you're lucky to see that then. Sounds like you've yeah. got a, a, a rare one. Yeah, he was really pretty. Oh, excellent. <laughs> okay, thanks. Okay, thanks, Carol. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. All right, and that wraps up this week's edition of Outdoors with Rob Zimmer. Until next Friday, we'll see All you right. later, Rob. All right, thank you. Under the Hub with Dean Juilliard, up next. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.